This is Brett Davey, and I will be joined momentarily by my co-host, the always wonderful Kevin Broccoli. Each of us will tackle a day of the week, and we'll talk about something that happened that week, because as you know, something happens every damn day. All right, so to get started with Sunday, a story that was flying around the internet, uh, which I think might be of interest to people, was about a guy who had a penis implanted on his arm and it was growing on his arm. So what, what especially interested me about this was in the 90s, there was a story that was flying around of a, a, a mouse and they were growing an ear on this mouse's back. And it was an experiment to regrow organs. So the guy getting a penis grown on his arm was definitely a, a different definition of organs being grown on someone's body. So um, just want to get your thoughts on that. And I also quickly want to interject that in the world of uh, porno spoofs, there was the porno spoof called Edward Penis Hands, probably <laughs> in the 90s. I don't know if you remember that one, but... The guy, instead of the scissors on his hands, he had like 10 dildos for fingers. So I just um, want to point out that we're allowed to pick whatever topics we want. And one of us is gay and one is straight. And you were the one <laughs> that not only picked this topic for yourself and called dibs on it, but you also know about a porn like called Edward Penis Hands. So are you do you know about Edward Penis Hands? I you know, I'm not into Tim Burton parody porns. I like Steven <laughs> Soderbergh uh porn parodies, like, you know, a nice out of sight porn parody um for me would do it. Uh, I don't think I don't think I ever watched it. I just think firstly if I, I remember correctly watch it. I mean I know I, it exists, No, because I'm not into the porn parody either, but I do remember, though, that the makeup was actually really good, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> do you think there's a makeup award at the AVN Awards? <laughs> there um, might be. Best makeup. I, I, the, only por- the best porn parody I've ever heard is Jurassic Parked. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that went, but always. Yeah, me neither. Good. Well, the thing is, whether you're gay or straight, guys obviously are, you know, fixated on their penises. So I a just think the idea... I read that article and I, for the life of me, cannot understand what the benefit was of having the penis on the arm. It wasn't sexual. They made it very clear. There's nothing sexual he can do with that penis. Um, Is it a urinary thing? Can he pee from his arm? Is that what's going on? (laughs) No, what happened was something happened. What's it doing there? What is it? (laughs) Why is it there? (laughs) Something happened to the guy's penis. And it's right. But penises only do two things. So if it can't do either of those two things, what is it doing? I'm going to encourage you to have some patience. I'm sorry. Which is what this guy is going to have to do because (laughs) he had a penis, his, his, his actual penis turned black and like fell off and they didn't give a lot of details as to why that happened but yeah it did not sound good so apparently to grow new tissue you have to grow it attached to some healthy tissue hence the the uh, mouse that was growing uh an ear on its back which is also as gross as the guy with the penis on his arm and then now this guy they had to implant it somewhere so it would grow and so they just implanted it on its arm which, uh, you know, it like lends itself to a lot of questions. I think your questions about um, whether you could pee out of it or play <laughs> with it or whatever were valid questions. <laughs> but I think what happens now is they let it grow, it gets healthy and they 
they sever it from his arm and somehow implant it back in his groin. That's that's as far as I got with it. Hi. Wow. That's well. Is there is him. there a place given that you could not? <laughs> clearly because of what happened the first time you could not implant it in this groin if you had a preference as to where you would Don't have this penis this implanted so like just pick like kneecap like lower back stomach like where oh, would you, where God. would you, you want know, it if not probably the, the, probably the stomach if only because <laughs> it's as close as you can get without it being you know Without it being too much, too much of a difference, I guess. I, I, oh my god! You know, the penis doesn't even look good where it is, so I don't know. <laughs> what's the worst? What's the worst it. place that you could get? Oh, it I mean, the forehead is the forehead. Yeah, I was thinking the forehead too, but how about if like, you're one of the? If you're someone like me who literally like a strong gust of wind is all it takes to like get me ramped up, like you don't want it anywhere <laughs> where somebody can see it just like add attention the whole time no i'm not saying to put it where they could see about that's why i'm asking what the very worst place could be i think the forehead um maybe how the like chin? how about the chin though because then or if you like did lower around, back lower back because then you've got your butt <laughs> and it your your penis like right there next to each other. i don't think that's good for anybody so what if it was the chin though, and then you did get aroused? Then I, I, that would. Then not you're be you're you're looking at it. It's going to be in your face. It's it's. Yeah, that's not none of it's none of it is really ideal. Wow, so what a I, great way to start this off. Thank you so <laughs> I was going to say, all right. So you have Monday next. So the only way left is up right now. So please, proceed. Unintended. Monday. Yeah. Um. So come now for something completely different. Let's talk about Disney movies. Um. Disney announced this week that after for what seemed like endless prolonging of Mulan, which is one of two movies that was supposed to um, kind of be the movies that would get us back to theaters. Mulan is one and Tenet by Christopher Nolan is the other. Um, Disney has kind of like called chicken and agreed to put Mulan on Disney Plus, its streaming service um, early, provided you are willing to pay $30 to stream it. Um, of course, after you pay the $30, you will then own that movie. You'll, you can watch it whenever you want, as many times as you want. Um, but it's kind of a big deal because they, they had initially said that like a movie like this, a big tentpole movie costs $200 million at least, um, that, that it couldn't go to streaming early because it would just, it would just be an admission of loss. I mean, they would just take the hit. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, they're still saying that they are going to release that in theaters. They're not. They're not sending it right to on demand. They're going to try theaters. They're going to release it in countries that are doing well with the virus. They might even release it in some places where, um, and they said they might do this with Mulan too, where they might release it like even in cities that are states that are, that are doing well. So I guess my question for you is, would you pay $30 to watch a movie uh, before anybody else does? So this is a live action version of what had been. This is the live action version of Mulan. Yes. I wouldn't pay $30 to see Milan, probably. I'm trying to think what I would pay $30 to see. What, let me ask you a question. So given right now when we're recording this, at, do you, would you feel safe going into a movie theater? Right 100% now? yes. Yes? 100%. What yeah. restrictions? Uh, nobody sit near me, which is honestly what I requested every movie theater even before the <laughs> pandemic. Um, I mean, it would, listen, like, very bluntly speaking, um, I have preferences for movies. I love Cinema World and Lincoln. I love that movie theater. 
yep. you've ever gone in there. It's super clean anyway. It's just a really nice uh, movie theater. So, like, I would totally feel comfortable going in there. Um, I've never been I, – I like going to see movies really late at night. Um, I used to go to midnight movies when they still had them. They don't really have them anymore. Um, but like, or I go during the day, during the week when kids are in school. So like, I'm very rarely at a movie where I can't sit more than six feet away from people. Um, I think we talked about this the last time we spoke, but like, explain to me how indoor dining isn't dangerous, but, or even outdoor dining, but a movie theater is, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I do uh, want to ask you about Cinema World, though, because I do also frequent that theater. And I want to ask because um, you we've had this discussion before where I told you that I just eat just to eat out of boredom and that you only yeah. eat when you're hungry. And that's why you're like skinny and I'm not. So <laughs> but so do you partake? They do have the butter there that you can put on yourself. And to me, that's yeah. just like one of the literally if I could do like a keg stand with the butter, I would do that. <laughs> that would be so do you just pour the butter all over it no i don't like any butter on my popcorn oh i like God. and here's the thing i'm not a healthy person so like that's maybe the only healthy <laughs> thing but like i i i i will eat a block of cheese and not think twice about it um, but i for some reason i don't like buttery popcorn you know why because it gets on your fingers it's gross mm. like I don't like anything where my fingers get dirty. Like I don't like, <laughs> I think pizza might be the only exception, but like, I don't, that's why I don't like, like chicken wings, hot wings, like anything you have to eat with your hands. I'm, I'm a Victorian woman. At, at heart. <laughs> like I'm just very dainty. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't do the popcorn. You know what I was wondering? Maybe you could tell me this as someone who would, who would do a cake stand with that butter. You know, when you go to the movie theaters and you can eat like a, they have like hot dog, they have like a buffet for like shrimp right. cocktail. Yeah. Who is eating that stuff? I Who don't know. Getting you know... a full meal at a, <laughs> at a first of all, everything costs twenty dollars more than it costs in the real world anyway. So I can't imagine what a hamburger at the movies must cost. And yet at the same time, we are all in agreement that it is not going to be a good hamburger. It's so, gonna be bad, yeah. It's gonna be bad. So why are you paying more for crap at a movie theater? Like I, I think this goes people? back this goes back to something that my late friend Eric Narwhal pointed out. That if you're getting something in a place that you normally can't, don't expect it, there's some weird pleasure in that. Because he always used to say that the pizza now, now you're used to it. Now you can go into Target and get a pizza or whatever. Yeah. But my friend back in, you know, probably the 80s or 70s was going to Ann and Hope in Cumberland. And they used to have a little stand there where you could buy pizza. And he thought it was the greatest pizza of all time because you were getting dragged along by your mother to go school shopping, but you could just get a piece of pizza on the side. So maybe it's that pleasure. But I will agree with you that the food is total garbage. That One of my favorite there. places in the world to just people watch when I can, I can't, can't do it too much, is uh, Chatters at Providence Place Cinema. <laughs> because I'm like, what sad fucking sap is oh going my God. to Chatters Bar? at the it, oh it's bad that's that little pub right right when you walk into the yeah theater. right when you walk in i've seen people walk in and just sit right down because you don't have to buy a movie ticket to go there you <laughs> can just walk up and go there and i also think and this might be for my like you know i write that man about town column i would love to talk to whoever the hell the bartender is at chatters because wow anyway so moving on to tuesday uh <laughs> you you uh I mentioned that you wanted to talk about the great Falwell dynasty. I do want to. So I want to. So I've always had, a, as I mentioned to you, and I, by the way, I want to mention that Chatters 
is also sounds like the name of like a sad like 1970s like pickup like fake disco oh, yeah. in like Cumberland or something. So remember in downtown Providence when they had like shabooms and it was like a nostalgic pickup spot. That was the greatest. Uh, so, uh, so speaking of pickups, so I want to mention, I have this, I think I told you before, I have a fascination with TV preachers. Yeah. It was because I was a wrestling fan as a little kid growing up, and I could not delineate between Captain Lou Albano and like Jimmy Swagger. To me, they were like the same person just talking <laughs> like crazy junk, and they believed it, and people believed it, and I knew it was BS, but I just loved it. So the the... Jerry Falwell Jr., whose father was, you know, a famous preacher. I will say in Jerry Falwell Jr.'s behalf, he's way better looking than his father, who looked basically like a human clam. So I will give him props (laughs) for that. So people went bananas. He's also president of this hideous Liberty University. It's got a hideous name and it's the whole mission is awful. But there was a photo Anytime of... Anytime Ted Cruz has to do a campaign event, he goes <laughs> to Liberty University. I would just... Uh, if my kids said they wanted to go to Liberty University, I would probably drown them in a river, but... So, so <laughs> he apologized. You're baptizing there was... them, and then you just keep their head under the water. <laughs> oh, it's like just a awful. So, so anyway, there was a picture of him online with his pants unzipped, and he was with a woman who had her pants unzipped, and... There was they were like in the in the bowels of a yacht and they both had a drink in their hand and it was so creepy. So it it, it got posted, then it got deleted. And then basically he said that she was pregnant, so she couldn't zip her pants up. And that he had on a pair he had on a pair of jeans that he hadn't worn in a long, long time, so he couldn't zip them up. So he just stuck his belly out so it would look like But her. I mean, how many times have we both found ourselves <laughs> with a friend unable to zip our pants up? I mean, when we recorded in person, like I couldn't get my pants zipped up, <laughs> pants zipped up. It happens, if someone had taken know? a photo, we'd have been screwed. I mean, you eat a block of cheese cap before we tape and your stomach's gonna be sticking out and you won't be able to zip up your pants. So so anyone with any brain said all right, this is some kind of like swingers party, like something is going on here. So normally you might say, all right, I'll give the guy a pass. There's only like a nine chance that it was some kind of swingers party until you remember back to 2012, this whole, there was an unbelievable story about Falwell and his wife, Becky, who of course is named Becky, and that they had traveled to a, a hotel in Miami Beach in Florida and they had become friends with a 21-year-old pool attendant, even the pool attendant's name, his name was Giancarlo Granda. And so I just orgasmed. You couldn't hear it, but just the that name. <laughs> that would be my fake porn name. I can't believe that's his real name. So Giancarlo Granda, he, after they met this 21-year-old pool boy, he started traveling with them, hiking, water skiing, traveling all around the country. And then eventually... He decided that he wanted to open a hostel. He had no business experience whatsoever, except for being a pool boy. And the the Falwells kicked in $1.8 million to be part of this venture with the pool boy. So you tell me, what was going on with the pool boy and the Falwells and also with uh, this, this undercover yacht party that they were involved in? I think they're in a throuple. I think they're swingers. I think... I want to go to wherever they're going. I want to hang out with them and Giancarlo. Um, I'm all in. I will invest in Giancarlo's enterprise. Um, It's, yeah, I mean, it's, when these people do this stuff, 
are is there no concern that that it's going to get found out like how how can they be so confident that like this is all going to go according to plan and it's never going to come out i just don't understand i think you know trump's been a great example in you no can kind of do anything and there's never any ramifications for it. So, I mean, literally, what would it take for, you know, Trump's hard? But like, think of it this way. If I messaged you right now and I was like, Brett, I was just on Facebook or wherever. I don't know where you're allowed to post, but like it was just on Facebook. I was on social media and somebody posted like a nude photo of you on social media. That <laughs> would then. I mean, depending on who you are, maybe actually this is a bad analogy because I really don't think you'd care. But most people, it would be like the most chaotic, hectic, stressful 24 hours, 48 hours of their life after that. So like if nothing else, you would think doing this stuff, they'd be like, you know, let's not do this because if it comes out, it's just going to be like an inconvenience to then have to deal with it. Yeah. But clearly someone's taking pictures and doing other stuff. I will say this. So as far as nude photos go, you always, I always feel like if a nude photo was to come out of you, it would depend. Is it one that you like curated or is it one that like, you know, there's always that fear that like a Russian Oh, hacker... if I look like Jason Derulo, I would be leaking a nude of me every <laughs> single day. So I question... would be so proud <laughs> and happy. Like I would never care. So there's that, of course, but there's also the thing where, you know, you hear about hackers who are able to access, I mean, even baby monitors, you know, so they can definitely access your phone. So what if they took the picture so you didn't have editorial control over your nude that was leaked to the Internet, then then that's a problem. Yeah, because when you take nude photos, you have to take at least seven before you get (laughs) anything you want to show to somebody else. So yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm more in the double digits, but I feel you. Yeah. Oh, I, I can only imagine knowing how fastidious you are. That must be like a seven hour process for you. Yeah, to, like, it's like that you're. Yeah. And here's like a picture that doesn't make me look like Jackie Gleason with no clothes on. You, know? <laughs> you must like bring in the exterior lighting and like <laughs> whoever shoots all of Tarantino's films must come in and do the lighting for you. And then yeah, like, I got to get that I, was a, that was an Amy Schumer episode. Remember Amy Schumer oh does my the God. episode where she like does the nude photo, but she brings in like a team to do it yeah. with her. I'm, that I'm fo- that's a great suggestion. I think I'm going to follow that going forward just for but I'm going to offer case. that as a service to guys. I'm going to be <laughs> like, if you need um, if you need a guy to take your, your dick pics, like call me. I've seen them like it's not weird because I'm not straight and I'll get you the best angle. All right. Well, I'm going to say this. So so you have Wednesday and hopefully uh, we, we thought that after the guy with the penis growing on his arm, that things would be going on an upward tra- trajectory. I'm not quite sure that's the case. So I'm hoping Wednesday can come. Well, things, things are going up. And by up, I mean the COVID numbers. Um, and I wanted to talk about school openings, which everyone is understandably very freaked out about um, their it's this weird thing where like i don't know if this is your take on what covid has been like but i feel like it has been one long past the buck except the thing is we keep passing the buck to our future selves like i feel as though we keep sort of like being like well like and and that's not unusual right like that's climate change climate change is like we we know this sucks but like our grandkids are gonna have to deal with it so whatever um now it's this thing where like we're passing the buck to ourselves two months down the line so it's this really bizarre so school you know we got to summer and i think everybody just kind of was like okay summer perfect 
we can all breathe a sigh of relief at forgetting that summer goes by in like a heartbeat and then we're back to September and we're back to school. Um, and so it's this weird thing of like, now everybody's like, what are we going to do now? I thought that the logical thing is like, of course we can't send kids back to school. What are you nuts? Um, and we weren't sending them to school before this. So I'm just not now I don't have kids. I mean, I don't have kids. And I do know that like, you know, I get that parents, it's tough. You have to work and all this stuff and childcare. But like, do people know we're talking about death? Like we're talking about like actually potentially killing your child's teacher. Um, I think I think it gets to something when you're a parent. So when your kids are little and or you have your first kid, you're really cautious with them. So if your kid says, can I go play football in the street with my friends? Your first kid, you're like, no, absolutely not. There are cars going by, et cetera. Then after a while, when either your kids start to get on your nerves or you have a second kid and you just want to get them out of the house, you're like, yes, go play football in the street. Go sledding down that dangerous hill. Just get out of my face. So I think that's part of it. I do think, however, in Rhode Island, that kids can go back to school a little more safely than say, like, you know, there was the picture of the kids in Georgia circulating around where none of them had masks on they were all on top of each other and the dipshit may uh, governor of georgia said that they can't mandate masks and i'm like you literally will send an african-american kid home because you don't like their hairdo yeah. you'll send other kids home because their skirts too short but you cannot mandate a life-saving mask so i do feel in rhode island i don't think any of it's ideal i do feel like it'll be better contained because there is more of sort of like a mask culture here. Um, so don't I feel like I feel like as, as a parent, as someone who has kids, don't you also feel like, I don't know when this became, I, 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 it sounds weird, but go with me on this. So snow days. Okay. <laughs> yes. I felt like when I was a kid, we had so many snow days and I don't ever remember the term making up days ever. I remember like, I remember there was one month in April where like, I don't think I went to school like between like April, and April and, like, <laughs> And the snow, like, I don't think I went to school. And I vividly remember being done, like, January, uh, June 1st, sorry. And now, like, I work with kids. I work in school, whatever. And it's all about, like, oh, one snow day equals, like, you're here till July 4th. This fixation on getting a certain number of days in and getting so much learning in and all this stuff, I get it to some degree. But I'm also just, like, look, we're all screwed. Like, all the kids are screwed. They all... Um, and I get that schools also offer like lunch for kids and that. But in terms of like just straight up learning, which is what they keep trying to like make this about, I'm like, all the kids are going to be behind collectively. So why is it like no one's at a disadvantage, really, in that area? And also you people never cared about this. You never <laughs> cared about it. I remember in fourth grade, we were supposed <laughs> to get we were supposed to get to like division. And like the teacher was like, well, not going to get there. Good luck next year. Like, it, like it just wasn't there wasn't this fixation on it. Firstly, I don't know uh, your story about never having to make up days is really funny because I don't remember if that's true or not. I also I'm just making conjecture here that you have a terrible you, you have too much of an imagination. So you're starting to create these like kind of Woody Allen esque like flashbacks no, about like, what your I literally like. don't remember this being a thing like I don't. I don't ever remember hearing about making up school days. I don't ever remember that. When I'll I was, just tell when I'll I just tell you what my my two sons their experience was in the spring. 
that it took them usually like an hour and 45 minutes to do all of the work for that day. And then they were done for the day. That was kind of it. Like two less than two hours of actual learning. Now, maybe when they go to school for eight hours, it's also two hours or less of actual learning. I don't know, but it, it ain't a lot of learning going on. Yeah. Well, and don't we all agree that once Memorial Day hits, it, whatever you're learned, like it's it's the teacher brings out the, the TV, puts on a movie and that's it. You know what I mean? Like you think you actually can get kids to learn anything after Memorial Day in Rhode Island, in New England. You're great. You're absolutely crazy. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, my son's going to be a senior this year, so it's probably even worse because once you get accepted to a college, you know. Yeah. I mean, my sons are a lot more conscientious than I was as a kid. Let me just say that. My ex-wife, she went to Yale. She was very smart. I was uh, I was more of like a personality-based student where I would try to schmooze <laughs> the professor. I was, not, I was not attending a lot of classes at URI, so. <laughs> I always think, I, but like, it must be just me. Like, I always think to myself, like, how, and, and this is New England. If I lived there, it wouldn't be a big deal, but. I think of places like, you know, California, Florida, whatever. And I'm like, how do those people, having been to California, I'm like, every day is like the most beautiful day in Rhode Island. Yeah. Like, every day. And I'm like, how do they get anything done? <laughs> you know, because like, in Rhode Island, we look out the window, it's 80 degrees. We call out of work. You know what I mean? Like, if it's nice enough, like nobody does anything. So I'm just like, how, how do you people, I don't know, it's very confusing. But anyway, um, that's my take on school openings and now uh, somewhat similar to that well like in terms of just giant fuck-ups um you wanted to talk about the invisible trump healthcare plan for thursday yeah i wanted to talk about it because it, it just fascinates me and this gets back to what we we're talking about with fallwell which is sort of like how long someone can bullshit and just and not get completely called out on it now clearly it's something trump's done his whole life you saw you know, years ago when someone asked him what his favorite Bible verse was. And it, to me, it smacks of a kid. Like, I'll tell you a quick story from my from my schooling. So when I was in seventh grade, we had um, geography. And one of the things we had was a map of the United States. And I've always been terrible at geography. I could get like Rhode Island and like Florida, California, Texas, like the big ones. And after that, it was pretty dicey. I could maybe get like eight states. And if you did it with me today, I would get about eight states right out of 50. And <laughs> I, I remember the teacher, Mr. Duffy, he was retiring that year. He had given us a practice map. I had folded it into like 85 pieces. So it looked like the little, when you would make a little football out of a piece of paper to kick when you were a kid, it was all scrumpled up. He passed out the test, which was the same piece of paper. You know, it was a map with none of the names included. And I was panicking. I got like, th I had like three, right? We were running out of time. So I reached in my backpack and I pulled out the one that had been folded like 400 times. And I tried to, I passed that one in as my test. So when he started looking through the tests, everyone else's was completely flat and perfect. And then he held mine up and it had been folded like 400 times. So he asked <laughs> me, was this your uh, practice one or was this the actual map? And so I just felt like I had to stick with my guns and say that it was the test that he had just handed out, even though clearly it was not. And I feel like Trump is that if he gets bagged, he just sticks to his guns, doesn't say anything, 
that shows that he does have any mastery of what he's talking about and just keeps budging his way through it. And here the guy is, he's like almost 75 years old and he's going to get away with it his whole life. It just blows my mind. So they asked him about his health plan, which he's been talking about for three and a half years. since He's been in office. He's got nothing to show for it. He says it's going to cover everybody, you know, et cetera. And now still haven't seen it. So it was supposed to be, it was supposed to finally, he had said two weeks. And so August 2nd was the date that he was going to unveil it. They asked him about it at the press conference the next day. And he said, well, hopefully by the end of August, I will guarantee you, I will let you have a penis implanted on my arm. If I am not right about this, you will not see. Well, now I'm rooting plan. for the president. <laughs> <laughs> now I will not, you will not see this health plan before the election. And if he loses, obviously you will never, ever see it. So oh, if he loses the election, he's going to say, I had an amazing health care plan and you can't see it now because I lost the election. So now you don't get it. Like he, he is that like, he, like he in some ways is like the quintessential bad father like everything i've ever seen him do i'm like this is what like a bad father does where it's like you know you promise the kid you'll take them out for ice cream and then like you know you just keep stalling and stalling until they they do something wrong and then you're like well now you're not getting ice cream you know and it's like <laughs> and you were never gonna take them it's just that's exactly who he is remember when Oh, there's so many things to remember, but do you remember when he was running for office and he said he had a plan to get rid of the Taliban and it was this incredible plan to get rid of the Taliban and I, or ISIS, either the Taliban and ISIS or both. And people kept pressing him on it. And he said, well, I can't tell you because then they know what it was. That was a good answer. I got to I got to give him credit on that. It made a certain like everything he says makes a certain degree of sense if you thought that he wasn't full of shit. Like if you thought, because that because it's like yeah, I mean if you did have a plan to defeat ISIS, you you wouldn't say it on a news channel. But at the same time, you're like, but you don't have one. Like you don't. And they would say to him, they'd be like, well, can you tell us? Like, does it does it have something to do with this? And he'd be like, well, I really don't want to say. Well, I really can't say. You know, I just I'm just a, I'm just amazed that a guy you know obviously he's he's grew up as a, a you know a pitchman a conman you know, like his whole life was selling that he just did not. He did not running for office, did not ever need any details about anything. It just blows my mind that and the, the press, I think I think the other thing is because he's such a chaotic president that every day there's like a new thing that he said, a new crisis that they can't focus on anything. So they're just following whatever well, yeah, the latest bouncing ball is. If you watch that Axios interview with him that everybody was losing their mind over, I don't lose my mind over watching him in interviews anymore because at this point, you know, it's like saying, like, aren't you shocked at how big of a turd the dog dropped on the rug? Like, I'm like, well, I'm not surprised that he pooped on the rug. I mean, I guess we can argue about how big it was, but like it is what he does at this point. Um, but he did that Axios interview. What I took from the interview is that it was the best interview I'd ever seen in terms of the guy interviewing him because the guy was Australian. And it occurred to me watching that interview, maybe there's something to be said for the fact that Americans cannot interview this guy because at the end of the day, we still can't help but have a certain amount of fear, intimidation, reverence for the presidency. So like at a certain point, I think it becomes hard for American journalists to really push him on stuff because he he does a very good job of putting out this energy of I am the boss, which, you know, we know he's he is if he's not good at nothing else, he's good at that. 
being like, in, you know, pretending to be the boss and putting out that energy that we all recognize and we all understand, which is this like, do not question me or you're going to your room energy. I mean, we all we all make fun of people who like use teacher voice. But the thing is, like, it works outside of these situations where you're a teacher, right? Like, there's something to be said for using it. It does work. And yeah, he's well, really good at that. And, and he it, gets people to, like, shut up. In closing, I will just say that TV journalists, I think especially, like, you know, Chris Wallace did a good job with them, too. But most of them are kind of fairly superficial at times. And so even if you go back to, you know, people used to look at Tim Russert as the patron saint of, of TV journalists or interviewers, and he always would ask a tough question, but he was not ready with a follow-up. And I just yeah. feel like they don't have those, they don't have those facts at their fingertips. So to me, you know, they, it's a TV journalist, especially, they might ask one question, but they don't have the facts at, the, at their fingertips. So, you know, but even this... when they do, when they do have the facts, you know, it, it doesn't matter because he's like, well, facts are subjective. You know, the, the scariest thing I spent like a year at LaSalle Academy taking religion classes where the entire class in morality was about how important acknowledging objective truth is. Because if, if you go down the road of there is no objective truth, you can't have morality. Can't, you can't have right and wrong. And so it's startling to see someone who's one of his main goals has been to completely disintegrate the idea of objective truth. And now you have people online on Facebook, on social media, saying stuff like everyone's entitled to your opinion, which is another way in many cases of saying there is no such thing as the truth. No, that's absolutely true. But speaking of right and wrong, so... Rhode Island is not often number one in anything or first anything or really like the only state to be doing something. But for Friday, I know that you want to talk about something. Rhode Island is the only state to still celebrate formerly known as Victory Over Japan Day, but now just known as Victory Day. And I know you're Which incredible. Which makes you go Victory Over Who Day, Rhode Island. Like it's so ridiculous. You're like, well, who, who, which victory, which one? Um yeah, you know, I think we talked about this. I'm conf- uh, I- I'm conflicted because here's the thing. Um, I think this holiday is disgraceful and we shouldn't celebrate it. That being said, I will celebrate any goddamn thing you want me to if you give me the day off work. <laughs> you give me the day off work if you I, I sw- and I really I really don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to get I don't want to get anyone mad at me. If they gave me Hitler's birthday off, I, I wouldn't celebrate Hitler. Would I take the day? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, like that's that's my take on it is like, OK, well, like the reason that we're getting it off is a huge problem. And I don't think that should be the reason we're getting it off. It's almost, you know, it, it, it's almost like when people got, got, got like twelve hundred dollars back from the federal government because of the pandemic yeah. and people will go. Hey, if you don't like Trump, then just give the money back. And I'm like, fuck I'm you. Like, fuck yeah. you. That's fuck not you. Also, let me ask you a question. So World War Two, you know, it was like the world versus Germany, Italy and Japan. So in Rhode Island, when they were still doing victory over Japan Day, you know, everyone was getting their underwear in a bind saying, well, we should. So what if it had been in Rhode Island? and your last name is Broccoli, if it had been Victory Over Italy Day, do you think that that would have continued to have been celebrated? Can you imagine? I'm Italian, so I can say this. Italians are the most butthurt, sensitive people in the world who also hate everyone. Like, they, (laughs) they are the most racist, sexist, homophobic group of people on the face of the earth 
Um, and yet if you say anything about it, they're like, what about what people say about Italians? Like it's, it's insane. Like they, um, I live in Johnston, so I can say this for a fact. Uh, like they, Italians favorite thing to do is complain about people who don't know English. When every Italian I've ever met had a grandparent who didn't speak a word of English, but spoke (laughs) Italian. And I always think that's the funniest. I'm like, I'm like, you have at least a great aunt who never spoke a word of English. And you want to say, like, the Mexicans need to learn English. Like, it's so ridiculous to me. And and, they, and and people like that are also like, well, they followed the rules to get in here. And I'm like, they then there was like no fucking thing. There was Your no uncle show married a 12-year-old named Philomena, stored her in some sort of passage crate. And like had her shipped here via 1912 UPS. Like, give me a break. So here's what give me a break. So here's what I propose. I think that next year, so you and I can do a little research, find out when it was that Italy formal formally surrendered in World War II. Yeah. Celebrate and, that. And you and I next year, we're gonna on that date, we're gonna march down Federal Hill with a flag that says victory over Italy day. And then we'll be murdered. We won't get in trouble because there are no Italians left on federal Hill. They've all gone to North Providence. What we should do is march with those flags down mineral spring Avenue. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. I, I, I do wonder, you know, I will say this though, you know, I, I, it always kills me when people are nostalgic for the era of the mafia or yeah. like buddy Cianci and stuff. And, but, I will say this when I go down Atwell's Avenue and there's that pizza, I think it's like a pizza place. It's like, what the hell is it called? Like gangster pizza or it's like literally mafioso mafia pizza. It's literally called mafia pizza. <laughs> What's the actual name here's of it? The, thing. the mafia were known for many things. Making good pizza wasn't one of them. Like it had nothing. I don't know where that like that correlation comes from. But what was it? What was the place called? It wasn't called Mafioso. It's pizza. like no, it's like mobster. It's like mobster pizza. It's no. I, I gotta. Like I'm gonna. Pizza. I'm gonna see if I can find the name of it very quickly. And it now, delivered till four a.m., which is what I remember about it. That they delivered till four a.m. And all I could think was, what kind of meth heads are you delivering pizza to at four o'clock in the morning? But can you imagine opening that place in like the seventies or eighties when like Patriarca was around, and you're gonna have and and the the. The logo, oh, it's Wise Guys Deli Wise and Pizza. Guys, yeah. But the logo is like a silhouette of a gangster and like bullets flying everywhere. So I just, can you imagine if those... Nothing, nothing, nothing inappropriate or in poor taste about that. But can you imagine opening that place on the hill back in the... You would be dead like so fast. You know what? You know who I bet loves that pizza? Because I've never heard of anyone getting pizza from there or saying that they liked it. I bet it's like a tourist thing. I bet like the tourists are like, oh, people, this used to be a mafia area. Let's get let's get some, you know, authentic like mobster pizza. So are are all the uh, are all the Italians gone from Federal Hill? I think most of them, you know, like when you go there now, you don't really see that element represented aside from the Italian restaurants. I think now they all move to like Smithfield and North Providence. And then on the weekends, you know, they go up there, they go to the, the, the little plaza and they listen to you know jimmy jones and the four piece band sing my way and that's their <laughs> so if we serve if we so they're they're the font they use for their website is like the godfather font but yeah. um the and their little tag is leave the gun take the sandwich oh yeah so it's so here's my thing if we survive the victory over italy parade in 2021 march we won't, uh, yeah if we do. middle spring avenue we are going to high five all the way to Wise Guys Deli and Pizza 
and you know wear like a pinstripe suit and a fedora and eat outside that place and it'll be an unbelievable celebration yeah i think that sounds like a great plan <laughs> all right so do you want to jump into kind of free for all saturday i don't know if there's anything specific you want to talk about i did want to talk about because it's driving me freaking bananas is kanye west uh running for president and there are all these stories out there that he's being assisted by all these republican operatives of with, of and so not of only that here's how stupid the republicans are if you had to enlist somebody to pull young black voters right to get them to not vote for, well, first of all, like young voters in general, if they're voting at all, like good luck. Second of all, if you had to enlist somebody, you can tell that it's old white guys who think that young black voters would vote for Kanye. Like you would have enlisted like Donald Glover. You would have enlisted like, like you wouldn't have enlisted Kanye. Like nobody's listening. Like 18 year olds aren't listening to Kanye. What you yeah, but you had to find, you had to find the person who was either, arrogant or crazy enough to uh to be to... like manipulated into doing this yeah because who else who who would have been a better person that they could have got to do it i just think that like it's it, it like it's so um because he's already been kicked off he tried to get on the uh, on the ballot in one state where they didn't allow it because he had clear who, well not him specifically but whoever was supposed to put this together had clearly forged signatures so they didn't let him on the ballot he's he tries to get he's trying to get on another one now that's that's being contested um there's a third one where he might make it on the ballot they're really only worried about getting him on the ballot in swing states um and you know to me it's just like i'm like wow y'all must really think the president's gonna lose like that's made me feel better about anything because if their if their tactic or their strategy for getting him reelected is this then like wow he must be in bad shape like their numbers must be telling them something real bad I just think that I would if there is an in-person debate with Trump and Biden, I would just give everything I have to have Kanye go up on stage like he did with Taylor Swift and grab the if mic and start an talking. If there's an debate for Trump and Biden, it's going to look like a reboot of Grumpy Old Men. It's going to look like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon arguing over who caught the salmon. Like it's going <laughs> to it, 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 you want voter suppression. Let those two debate for 20 minutes and I won't want to vote ever again for the rest of my life. Like what? And, you know, if Biden is smart, so Trump definitely doesn't want to debate Biden because he knows that like debates are his downfall. He, he cannot debate. Also, I think he knows that like Biden's not Hillary Clinton. Like that motherfucker will punch your face in. Like, here's what you know is going to happen. Trump's going to get up there and say something about Biden's dead son. You know, he you know, he is because he's that much of a of a of a prick. Like, he only knows how to get a rise out of people and push buttons. And so, like, he he's going to say something about Biden's dead son. And Biden is going to fucking knock his teeth through the back of his mouth. And then I know Biden will win the election. Like, if Biden... The, I, I used to say, I was like, if Hillary had just taken a baseball bat and just beat the shit out of him, she would have won in a landslide. Because that's what people are looking for. They're looking for... They don't have any respect for the con artist, but they have even less respect for the guy who doesn't... Who walks away from the con artist without punching him out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Trump put that on display when he was running last time, and he had, you know, the Rubios of the world and Jeb Bush, like, looking like babies but here's the thing with me with biden so trump's trying to trot out all these things to make him look like he's disoriented and he's in the basement and of course like a super cut of anyone fumbling their words i mean there's a million out there of trump 
doing the exact same thing. I will say, though, Biden, you know, like you want someone who's fiery, but like a few months back, if you remember before the pandemic, he was like snapping at this factory worker on the factory floor. And then the other day, I don't know if you saw a couple of days ago, he was getting interviewed on TV and they asked him about if he would take a cognitive test. And he yeah. said to the reporter, well, that's like saying, you know, did you take cocaine? Are you a junkie? And I'm like, that's not the greatest approach to oh, that. I mean, it's going to be, be, it's gonna be a snap fest. Yeah, I got to put this on the record. I literally wrote essays a year ago saying, I do not want Joe Biden as the nominee. Do not give me Joe Biden. I, I hate that idea. I don't want Joe Biden. Like, I'm... so furious that we ended up with joe biden that i i don't really consider myself a democrat anymore i I don't know what i would call myself because i'm certainly not a republican but i i truly don't feel like a democrat because i am so livid that that entire party you know four years ago i had to listen to all the bernie sanders supporters say oh the dnc conspired to keep the nomination away from bernie and i fought and yelled and clawed and whatever and then four years later, I watched them do exactly that to get to get Biden in there. I, See, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't I buy the whole first part. I don't know. Do you know anybody who who was and maybe they were just quiet because they were older? I, I didn't know one person who said, I am so psyched to vote for Joe Biden. Like who Nobody, not a for not a full life. Let's remember the narrative of Joe Biden getting this nomination. He failed. He was never in a top five poll ever, never, ever, ever to get him in a top five poll. They had to have everyone else drop out of the race. Uh, He failed miserably, miserably in Iowa. He failed miserably in New Hampshire. Then he goes down to the South where everyone knew he was going to win anyway. And when he wins, which everyone knew he was going to win that one place, all of a sudden, it was Joe Biden's back. I mean, it was literally lowering the, lowering the bar so much, you probably had to dig a hole just to get the bar even lower. And then everybody just, I mean, they said it. They came right out and said it, that they were all dropping out. They were all going to swarm around Biden because old white guys in Minnesota love Joe Biden. And if we don't get those people, we didn't get, because we certainly can't fire up the young vote. And we certainly can't fire up the black vote and the Hispanic vote. So let's just make sure we get the people that we alienated the last time back. And it's so uh, frustrating. But uh, that being said, I think Joe Biden doesn't need to worry about having these moments where he flies off the handle, because what we've learned about about Trump is that there literally is no such thing as bad publicity. You just you need publicity. You need to be in the public eye and you really need to look like you're not taking any shit from anybody, whether and whether it's people you should be listening to, like factory workers, and you t- should be taking shit from, it, what apparently what the American people want is to see someone who is, I mean, going back to what you said, just a, a fight, a combination of a wrestler and a televangelist. Like that's what they're looking for. They I want will, a circus. I will just say this: that I, I I think with a certain candidate like Trump, there really isn't anything as such thing as bad publicity. I think with other candidates who don't have that kind of bombastic style, there definitely is. But and Joe Biden does. Joe Biden, all he needs to do is have one of his interns write as many burns on Trump as humanly. I mean, like, that's what people see. Hillary every so often would get a really good dig in on Trump. And then she would panic because people would be like, oh, Hillary, that was below the belt. 
you know, Michelle Obama, Obama with the they go low, you know, we go high bullshit. Um, I love Michelle Obama, but I don't agree with that. We, we went high and they cut the belly out from under us. So um, but like every so often, Hillary would kind of get a really good, like really like drag queen gay shade dig at him. And I you could see that in all the areas where she was lacking young votes, minority voters, all these those people were living for it. They loved it. They ate it up. It got them fired up. Look at one of Obama's most, to me, one of his best moments, one of his most popular moments was when he was speaking to Congress and he said, you know, I'm not running for election again. And, and some asshole clapped and he went, yeah, because I already won both of them. <laughs> and that was like the best. And he, they wanted him to apologize for that. They didn't think the guy who clapped needed to apologize for being disrespectful to the president. They wanted an apology because the president got snarky. And what they're looking for is the opportunity to throw as many stones as they want and never have them thrown back. And I think if any of these politicians on the left were smart, they would get snarky. They would get sassy. They would get they would get some real deep jabs in. Like make like I said, I'm confident you put Joe Biden, Donald Trump in a debate. Donald Trump's going to say something about the dead son or he's going to say something about Joe Biden's wife being ugly like he is going to say something below the belt. And if I were Joe Biden, I would say, yeah, well, I mean, your father never loved you (laughs) because as soon as you say that to him, he is going to have the sweatiest, most disgusting, ugly. He'll he'll, he'll fall apart. It'll literally be like vanquishing the evil demon like he, he, he he can't handle that. And for some reason, it's been four years and given the chance, not one person in any sort of adversarial position with him has ever trotted that out. And I can't believe it. I can't believe it that they well, would I have, leave that sitting there. I have two observations, and maybe this would be a good place to close. Two observations. One is this has to be the first time in U.S. history. I'm just doing a quick scan in my head that two guys with some kinds of kind of like a hair replacement system are running against each other. <laughs> and I don't know who's who's do you think is worse? I mean, I Trump's, think, Trump's, I is a, Trump's, Trump's is a worse. carnival on his head, obviously, but it's the self tan with the hair that really makes it not. It's a bad combo. Because Biden early on went with the, um, you know, like it was almost like someone who couldn't afford to get the whole system done. And he just had the plugs done in the front. Yeah. And then he combed that back, which is just like it's to me, that's just like Biden is grandpa at the barbecue. That's what we call that hairstyle. Grandpa's like you want hamburgers or hot dogs at the barbecue. Like that's Joe Biden. Yeah. So that was that. And then the second thing was back to Kanye. When Kanye did that event where he was slamming (laughs) Harriet Tubman, he had on a jacket that said security and he had shaved into the side of his head. He had 2020. And let me tell you something, if either Trump or Biden had the balls to do that, I would vote for whoever had 2020 <laughs> shaved in his head with his security jacket on. Well, now we know how to get Brett Davies vote. That's that. It's easy. I'm easy. I'm easily, I'm easily compelled. So I'm easy. Brett Davies, 2020, 2024. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much that's pretty much accurate. So, all right, that's it for this episode of Every Damn Day. Uh, Subscribe, like us, share the word with your friends. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about every damn day.